think about one word this, uh, this evening in um, the Lord's Prayer, Luke 11. And uh, the, the one word is, is a name and it's Father. In, in my Bible, I, I tend to use the New King James Version, but in, in your chapel Bible, uh, in verse 2, it says, Father, Jesus is teaching people to pray, his disciples to pray. And uh, in the New King James Version, it says, Our Father in heaven. Um, I'm not a Greek expert, okay? Um, but I did look up the Greek New Testament, and uh, Luke writes just one word. It's not our Father in heaven, uh, it's Father. So your chapel Bible is probably correct. The Lord Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, and uh, the first word he uses uh, is that word Father. Um, before we come to that, ver verse 1 is interesting, isn't it? Because it says that uh, it came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place. And so this was an, an actual event. It was happening in the Lord's life. Uh, he was with his disciples. They were watching him praying. Uh, he was in a certain place praying. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And as they're watching Jesus pray, they make a connection between Jesus and John the Baptist. Uh, we know that there was a family connection with Jesus and John. Uh, but there was another connection. They were both men of prayer. Uh, and so they, they, on this occasion, they make this connection between John and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he, Jesus was a man of prayer. If we were to ask the question, why, why did Jesus pray? Uh, children, I, I wonder how you would answer that. How, why did Jesus pray? Um, I used to think when I was first, uh, first become a Christian, I used to think, well, Surely Jesus never needed to pray. He was God. He was divine. Um, if ever there was a person that didn't need to pray, it would have been the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet time and again in the Bible we read that he did pray. Um, and I, I, just this afternoon as I was preparing, I, I looked through some of the Gospels and I found these verses about Jesus praying. Um, this is from Mark chapter 1. In the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Or oh, this is from Mark chapter 6. When Jesus had sent the, the disciples away, he departed to the mountain to pray, and he was alone on the land. Another occasion, the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. Great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by Jesus of their infirmities. And so Jesus himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke chapter 6. It came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to God. Luke chapter 9. It happened as Jesus was alone praying. His disciples joined him and he asked them saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? Or Luke chapter 22. We could spend the whole Bible study doing this, couldn't we? Uh, but just one, just one last one. Jesus is in Gethsemane in the garden. He's praying. And uh, his prayer is intense. And, and he sweats drops of blood. And uh, he finds his disciples are asleep. His disciples followed him. Jesus came to the place. Pray that you do not enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel 
appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Isn't that a strange thing? God, the Lord Jesus was God, and yet he was a man, and he was in weakness, and he needed to pray, and an angel comes from heaven to strengthen him. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow, and he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So there are lots of verses in the Bible about the Lord Jesus praying. Why, why did he pray? Well, because although he was God, he was a human being. And he was what we could say, he was a dependent man, wasn't he? Um, you know, we all tend to be, we, we like to be independent. Um, you know, what it's like when somebody comes and they say, well, I'll give you a hand. And they say, no, I can manage on my own. I can do it. Uh, adults are like that. Children are like that. Independent. But the Lord Jesus wasn't independent. He relied on God. Every, everything he did was in uh, God's help and by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so he prayed. And in Luke chapter 11, this first verse, uh, the disciples see him praying. And uh, there, there is the Lord Jesus God, but he's a human being. And he relies on the help of God the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Nothing that Jesus ever did was without the help of God the Father or the Holy Spirit. And uh, constantly he prays. And then the disciples, they say at the end of um, verse 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Uh, and, and that's a challenge to us, isn't it? When we see the Lord Jesus praying in the, in the Gospels, we read about his prayer life. And, um, and then we look at our own prayer life. I've been in so many ministers' meetings over the years, and very often ministers have said, confessing to one another, you know, I, I wish I'd spent more time in the ministry in, my, in prayer. And uh, I, I would add to that as well, yes, I, I would agree. Would we say that as Christians? Um, are, we, are we prayerful people? Do we pray as we should? Well, the Lord Jesus was a, a man of prayer, wasn't he? He was dependent upon God for help. And uh, the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, so the Lord Jesus then begins and he, he teaches them a prayer. And uh, sometimes we say these words, maybe in a church service, and we know them off by heart. Uh, but the Lord Jesus is giving us words to pray. And the very first word he gives us to pray is the word, Father. Luke 11, verse 2. When you pray, say, Father. And uh, all, all I want to do this evening, really, is not, not to say anything new. I'm, I'm not saying anything different or new, but just to remind us that to be a Christian is, 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 is the greatest privilege in the world because you can, you can address God as your heavenly Father. Um, I don't know whether you've read a book. It was published, first of all, in 1979, I think, and it was called uh, I Dare to Call Him Father. It's about the conversion of um, uh, a lady who was uh, from Pakistan, uh, her name was uh, Bil Bilqui Sheikh, if I pronounce that right. She was 47 years of age. And uh, she was desperately seeking God to know God. Um, and she had a Quran in one hand and a Bible in the other hand. And she's crying out to God and she says, uh, in desperation, Lord, which is the right book? 
And uh, she says in, in one of the pages in chapter 5, the crossroads, crossroads of her life, she said she felt as if God spoke to her. And she couldn't explain it, but it was very powerful. And the voice was into her heart. In which book do you find me as father? And that was the turning point in her life. It was in the Bible that then she, she then discovered that it's the Lord Jesus Christ who teaches us to pray, Father. And so here's the Lord Jesus. And so uh, all, all we're going to do this evening, really, for the little time we have before prayer, um, is, is, is think about um, the, the Lord Jesus giving us this, this word, this name of God, Father. Uh, one word in Luke 11, although in my Bible it's uh, four words, our Father in heaven. Uh, but, but actually it's one word, Father. And uh, it's... It's the invitation Jesus gives to call upon God, not, not in, a, in a distant way or a remote God, uh, but uh, in, in a living relationship. Uh, the Jews in those days, in, in the days of the Lord Jesus, uh, very often they would have used uh, different names for God when they prayed. Uh, King of the universe or Almighty God. Nothing, nothing wrong in addressing God in those terms. But Dale Ralph Davis, in his commentary on Luke, chapter, uh, Luke 11, he says, Jesus gives a new freedom and a new freshness to prayer. And so the word Father is in the Old Testament. Sometimes the Israelites would address God as Father. They would describe God as a Father, pities his children, and so on, Psalm 103. But surely Dale Davis is right, isn't he, in the New Testament... The Lord Jesus op opens the door, as it were, and, and we can come to God and, and pray to him as our Father in heaven. And uh, so the Lord Jesus teaches his uh, disciples like that. Thomas Watson, the Puritan preacher, uh, in his book on the Lord's Prayer, he says, um, this, this Lord's Prayer, it's like a heap of massive gold. It's like, it's like gold. Uh, the moral law was written by the finger of God. But this prayer dropped from the lips of the Son of God. Uh, when you pray, what is the first word that comes into your mind when you pray? Uh, well, the Lord Jesus uh, answers his disciples here and he says, When you pray, Father. I mean, that's a tremendous privilege, isn't it? Um, we, we have a time of prayer afterwards. But to address God as your Father in heaven. Uh, the apostles in the New Testament, uh, they, they would write on the pages of the New Testament letters to Christians. And uh, you, you know some of these words. They, they would begin, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter would begin their letters with these words. Uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Peter's describing the blessings of the Christian life. And he says, Bless, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus. Or, or they say words like this, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Time and again, you find those words addressed to believers. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 1. To the church of, of the Thessalonians in God the Father. So we are, we are in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle John, 1 John 1 verse 3, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, 
And again, we could give a list of uh, Bible verses and texts which remind us of the same thing. But in the New Testament, it's the floodgates are open, as it were. Christians are invited to address God as their Father in heaven. Uh, how should we think of the Lord's word here? Well, it, it wasn't always like this, was it? We can remind ourselves of a few um, things that we already know. It wasn't always like this for us. Thomas Watson, again, the Puritan, uh, uh, in his book on the Lord's Prayer, uh, we are all God's creatures. Um, every human being has been made by God. And some people would say, well, we're all, we can all address God as Father, the fatherhood of God. But Thomas Watson uh, corrects us there. He says, well, we're all God's creatures, but there is little comfort in this. Because we are outside of God's kingdom. We may be brought up in a Christian home or a Christian family. But we need to be brought into God's kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul uh, explains to Christians what has happened to them. And uh, he, he describes it in tremendous words. You know, to be a Christian is, is a momentous change. He says that we were outside. We were sons of disobedience we were children of wrath in Ephesians 2 remember the list he gives we were without God we were without hope in the world we were outside of God's kingdom and um, in 1 Corinthians 15 the Apostle Paul says we were in Adam we belong to that family family likeness I was just telling um, Nathaniel last year, we, my wife and I, we became grandparents. Um, our youngest daughter had a, a baby boy uh, last February. He's just about to come, become one years of age. And uh, what, what an exciting time. Um, you know, ladies, ladies in the family, they're experts at family likeness. And uh, they, they say, well, he looks like so-and-so. And he looks like his father, or he, he looks like his grandmother or his grandfather, you know, but us men, not so good at that, really. A baby is a baby, perhaps. Uh, but family likeness. Uh, children here this evening, are you like your, your mother or your father? Who do you want to be like? Well, in the Bible, we're told we, we've got a family likeness. And, and uh, our family likeness, spiritual likeness, is Adam. Uh, remember Adam in the Bible? Uh, what was he like? He was disobedient. And as human beings in the world, we, we, we are disobedient. We have to be taught to do the right thing. We have to be trained in the right way. Even as adults, we know that certain things are wrong, but we still do the wrong. Uh, there's a family likeness. Adam is disobedient. Adam put himself first. Uh, and uh, we do that, and we will put ourselves first. I saw a, a child with a t-shirt on. And on the front of the t-shirt were the words, uh, it's me, me, me. It's all about me. <laughs> self first. That's what Adam did in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? He put himself first. Things were turned upside down. And, uh, and then there was a sense of shame. He had a conscience. And he knew that he had done wrong and he went and he hid behind the trees in the garden and, and we hide from God 
And then there was a sense of hating God. And he blamed God. And then eventually it ends in death. Family likeness. Uh, we, we haven't always been in the position of being able to call God our father. And uh, to be a Christian, well, what, what, what does it mean? Well, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, the Apostle Paul puts it in one sentence. It's a simple sentence, but it's a wonderful sentence. Uh, he says, through him, that is through Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we both, that is Jew and Gentile, whatever we are, whatever our background, we can come by one Holy Spirit to the Father. And we are brought into the family of God by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he mentions three things there. The, the work of Christ on our behalf. His obedient life. I haven't been obedient. You haven't been obedient. We are not perfect. We, we can't live a life pleasing to God. But the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world and his life was perfect. He was sinless. Sometimes we use the word righteousness about Jesus, that he lived a righteous life. Uh, he, he never disobeyed. He was a perfect child, a perfect teenager, a perfect adult without sin. And uh, that, that's crucial for us, isn't it? When I first began to preach um, so many years ago now, um, I used to say something like this from the pulpit. I, I realize now it was wrong. The Lord Jesus didn't come to live. He came to die. <laughs> I don't know whether Mark has ever said that or Nigel said that and they preached him, but, but it's not right, is it? The Lord Jesus Christ did come to live. He lived a perfect life. Without his perfect life, we would have no hope. And we can rely on his perfect life. And then he dies. And uh, because he's perfect, he's able to lay down his life on behalf of others. He becomes our substitute. He takes my punishment on the cross. And uh, he, he's punished instead of me. He's punished instead of you. And uh, the, the Lord Jesus, although we weren't there, it was before our life on earth. But, but he takes our sins on himself. And he's punished for them. He rises from the dead. And uh, the, the God the Father vindicates him. Vindicate means that God the Father is pleased with what he's done and, and proves that he's the Son of God and raises him from the grave. And so he's, he's alive. And it's because of the work of the Lord Jesus that, uh, that, that we are able to come to God the Father through Jesus we, we have access to the Father. Do you remember um, the first resurrection appearance was to Mary Magdalene? And Mary Magdalene um, is excited. She realizes then it's, the Lord Jesus is alive. She was in despair thinking that he had died and was dead. And, uh, and then she's, it seems she's going to hold on to the Lord. And the Lord says, don't, don't, don't cling to me, Mary. I haven't yet ascended. And then he says, I, I'm going to my father and your father. My God and your God. 
Isn't it interesting that Jesus puts it that way around? My father and your father. Jesus is the son of God in a unique way. But because of his work, we, we are adopted into the family of God. And we become the children of God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. My father and your father. It's by the work of the Holy Spirit too. Uh, Paul says in that verse, through Jesus we have access to the Father by, by one spirit. By the Holy Spirit. You remember how in John chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, we are told that the Lord Jesus is rejected on earth, but... Um, to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become the children of God. Uh, and uh, so we become children of God. And, and then John explains in John 1 verse 12, not by blood. In other words, it's not by human parentage. I'm not a Christian because my parents are Christians. It's not by blood. It's not by human will or human flesh, John says. But we are born of God by the Holy Spirit. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That, that, as that woman in Pakistan so many years ago, she discovered that. That uh, we are able to come to God the Father through the finished work of the Lord Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit's touch on our heart, we, we, we are born again. In Galatians 3 verse 26, Paul says, uh, you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So it's by faith. Again, a, a quote from Thomas Watson in that book, um, The Lord's Prayer. Uh, he says, baptism may bring you into membership of a church, but faith brings you into the family of God. And that's right, isn't it? By faith, what happens to us? We, we, we are adopted into God's family. And we belong to him. And he is our father. And so the, the disciples are watching the Lord Jesus. Uh, Jesus is praying. Uh, they say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And when you pray, Jesus says, say, say this word. What word would you have put first? Jesus puts the word Father. Father. At the end of this um, passage that we read this evening in verse 13, um, God willing, we'll come back to it maybe next week or the week after. Uh, but the Lord says, if, if you as parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You, he's your heavenly Father. And uh, you, you can come to him. And you're in relationship with him. So let me say just two things by way of application. We've only looked at one little word this evening really. But just to remind us and uh, give us help as we pray. Um, by way of application. Let me just say two things. How should we pray? Surely we should pray with thankfulness, shouldn't we? Thankfulness. The privilege of being able to call God our Father in heaven. To know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. 
many years ago, there was a man called Paul. And um, he lived in the 17th century, 1607 to 1676, Paul Gerhardt. And uh, he wrote a hymn. His life was very difficult. He lost his father early in life. His wife died when she was only 46. They had five children. Only one survived. And then he had to live through the horrors of war. Then he had to leave his church because he was standing for a particular truth. And so he had, he had lots of problems and difficulties in his life, Paul Gerhardt. But um, he, he wrote some hymns. And uh, the, 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 this is the line, a couple of lines of one of his hymns. If God himself be for me, I may a host defy. For when I pray before me, my foes confounded fly. This I believe, yea, rather of this I make my boast, that God is my dear Father, the friend who loves me most. Isn't that a tremendous thing to be able to say? I believe this, he says, I believe this. Yea, rather, I don't just believe it, I make my boast about it. God is my dear Father, the friend who loves me most. Can you say that this evening, that God is your Father? And He's the best friend that you can have. He's a close Father that you can go to and um, you have a relationship with Him. And so we can pray with thankfulness. And we should also pray with confidence. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, uh, the Lord Jesus says, Pray to your Father who sees in secret. So when you're on your own and you close the door, the Lord Jesus says, and nobody else is watching, you pray to your Father and you go in confidence to Him. And yes, you can use other names for God. He's the, he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Almighty King. Come thou almighty king, as we sang this evening in the hymn as we started. But Jesus says you can pray to your father and you can bring anything to him in prayer. Let me finish with a little story. I think this is told by, um, uh, well, Dale Davis, is, Dale Davis mentions it in his uh, Luke commentary. And uh, he's quoting um, a man who uses this story, um, an illustration. I, I don't know if this story is factual, but... I'm just using it because it illustrates the point anyway. It's a story about a Roman emperor and he's returning home and he's won the battle 2,000 years ago or however many years it was. And the streets are lined with people. There's great excitement. The great emperor has returned home. The prisoners would be paraded in front to show that they'd won the battle. And there's a little boy pushing his way through the crowd. And uh, the emperor is his father. So he's pushing his way to, to where his char uh, the chariot is coming. His father's being praised in the streets. And as the boy approaches, a soldier stops him and says, you can't come any further. This is the emperor. And the little boy says, he may be your emperor, but it's my father. It's my father. And we can remember that as Christians, can't we? The king of the universe. The God of all creation. 
The God who made the stars and the sun and the moon and the galaxies. The God who's made every human being and, and yet we can come to him as our Father in heaven. And we can come in confidence and with boldness and with thankfulness. So the privilege of prayer. And uh, what a great privilege it is to be a Christian. And uh, if anyone here this evening or anybody listening on, online is not yet a Christian, well, there's one way to come to God. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you come to the Lord Jesus and ask for forgiveness of sins, then you can know God as your Father. And if we are already Christians, what a great privilege to pray this evening and to come to God like that and uh, to call God our Father in heaven.